Let's say you just bought a house. Bad news is, you're one step closer to becoming your parents. You'll proudly mow the lawn. Ask if anybody noticed you mowed the lawn. Tell people to stay off the lawn. Compare it to your neighbor's lawn. And complain about having to mow the lawn again. Good news is, it's easy to bundle home and auto through Progressive and save on your car insurance. Which, of course, will go right into the lawn. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company affiliates and other insurers. Discount not available in all states or situations. the Pro Player Insiders Podcast for week one of the NFL season. I'm your host, Danny Thompson, checking in with you. This is the Pro Player Insiders brand new NFL podcast uh, that we're going to be doing once a week. I know this is a recording going up on, on Saturday. Uh, normally, we, the plan was to go on Wednesday, but uh, due to some understanding with the NFL, you know, and when you watch or you want to listen to podcasts, especially about games going on each week, you want to be able to get the closest and most in-depth information uh, before, you know, you start getting ready for your games on Sunday. So this podcast will be up on Saturday before the games on week one begin on Sunday. Speaking of the season starting up, the season did kick off on Thursday night with the Atlanta Falcons taking on the defending champion Philadelphia Eagles at Lincoln Financial Field. And a game that was reminiscent of the game that, that the Falcons played last season in Philadelphia in the playoffs. The Philadelphia Eagles took care of business by, by taking care of the Falcons 18-12 to in a sloppy penalty-filled first half that ended up with the Falcons looking like the same team that happened last season. Um, Atlanta started the game off and started off really well, getting the ball down the field inside the Philadelphia red zone. But the Eagles did what the Eagles do best in the red zone, shutting down Atlanta, stopping Devontae Freeman on fourth down, causing a, turn- a huge turnover on downs. And the Falcons looked like the Falcons of old uh, of last season. The Falcons could not get it down the red zone again last night. And Matt Ryan was just ineffective getting the ball to his receivers. Ryan finished the game with uh, 21 of 43 passing in the game now that's a significant number because ryan ryan's first game i think his entire career where he had under 50 percent completion percentage out of the 43 passes 19 of them were thrown to julio jones and and rookie calvin really didn't have one single pass attempt thrown his way in week one on, th- on in the opener on thursday night the story of the game for the Falcons side of things was they only ran the ball 18 times. Now, I know Devontae Freeman did hurt his knee early in the game and was really kind of hampered by it, but De- uh, Tevin Coleman only had nine carries for 19 yards. And when you only run the ball 18 times in a game against Philadelphia, and to, to minimal to, to moderate success, it's going to make things hard for the offense, especially when you, the Falcons had to throw the ball down the field. Now, Jones did really well in the open field. Like I said, he caught the 10 passes for, I think, 160 yards in the game, but you can't throw it to Julio 19 times a game if expect effective. You spent a first-round pick on Kyle Ridley and could not get him not even one pass attempt on Thursday night. So Ryan's got to be able to distribute the ball a little bit more effectively, and the Steve Sarkeesian offense did not do what it was supposed to do. But at the same time, the Philadelphia, defense, the Philadelphia Eagles defense is one of the best in the NFL. And even though they were missing some key components and key parts out of, that, uh, out of their unit, 
the Eagles defense did what the Eagles defense does, and they just shut teams down. Atlanta, with even with Julio Jones in the red zone, could not figure out how to get in uh, and make enough points in the red zone, making the Falcons sell for field goals. Now, they did get one touchdown in the game, but you can't win the NFL if you're not scoring in the red zone. Uh, on, the, on the offensive side of things, Nick Foles didn't do too bad. Um, he struggled passing the ball, but his biggest play was actually uh, a, another version of the, the New, England, New England Patriots play that, that Tom Brady couldn't catch in the Super Bowl, where Nelson Aguilar found Foles on a fourth down uh, to make a huge, uh, found Foles on like a 15-yard pass that kind of held the game open. And J.I.J. got two goal line touchdowns. So if you have J.I.J. giant fantasy, his 60 yards and the two touchdowns might help you win your game this weekend. So the Falcons are 0-1 going into it. Um, play next week against the Carolina Panthers at home at Mercedes-Benz Stadium and the Philadelphia Eagles will tr- will take care of ha- travel down to Florida to take on the Tampa Bay Buccaneers in the Bucks home opener. So, we have f- 14 other games we're talking about. So, here's what we're going to do. We're going to take a quick little break and then we're going to get into uh what the first week of the season is going to look like, especially with some of the top matchups. And we'll talk some of the 1 o'clock games. So, give me about 45 seconds and be right back. We are back on the Pro Player Tires Podcast. I'm your host, Danny Thompson. Check me out on Twitter at Danny, D-A-N-N-Y, another uh, number three, and Thompson, T-H-O-M, on Twitter. And also check out my, my my articles as well as the great team that I work with at ProPlayersInsiders.com. That is ProPlayers, P-R-O-P-L-A-Y-E-R-S, Insiders, I-N-S-I-D-E-R-S.com. So, we're going to talk about the early games in this segment here on the podcast. And so when we say early games, the games are going to be the 1 o'clock games going on in the NFL on Sunday. And let's start off with the game in Cleveland that's got a lot of attention because of a guy who's not playing in the game. The Pittsburgh Steelers take on the Cleveland Browns, the Browns' home opener. And the story of this game is really, is, you know, as growing up, there was a t- television show called Where is Carmen San Diego? Pittsburgh fans are, and players are now wondering where is Le'Veon Bell? Bell will not be playing in the opening game on on Sunday afternoon, and we don't know as football fans when Le'Veon Bell is coming back. Uh, this has been a struggle that's been going on for the last couple of years due to Le'Veon Bell being holding out because he wants a new contract. He saw the contract Todd Gurley got in the offseason, and really nowadays NFL players, especially guys like running backs, they want more guaranteed money and they want longer term you know flexibility. The one thing about Le'Veon Bell is Le'Veon Bell is about to hit 30 years old. You know, he's at that point in the NFL where you've, you've taken a lot of punishment to a certain age and running backs start to decline in some areas. Now, Le'Veon Bell said he was not going to play for the money he paid for last year and touched the ball 408 times. I understand where he's coming from, and Bell is probably one of the best dual threat running backs we have in this entire league. It's going to be a problem. Pittsburgh's not going to have, you know, nothing against James Conner, but James Conner is not the production of Le'Veon Bell. When you have a guy like Le'Veon Bell on the field, it makes things a lot easier for Ben Roethlisberger and Antonio Brown. 
but because of the fact that he can run the ball with the, behind a, a tremendous offensive line, and he has the ability to get down the field uh, in the passing game. I think he was he was the second leading receiver in Pittsburgh last year behind Brown. So when you have a guy who's a dual threat, and Ben Roethlisberger has a security blanket, especially on screen passes, flares, and those things out of the backfield, it does make things a little bit easier. But since he's not available, let's look at the injury report going on for both teams. This is as of Saturday morning. Uh, Vance McDonald is out with a foot injury for the Steelers and for the Browns. You have EJ Gaines, um, who's officially out, and James Burgess, who has a concussion, is doubtful. So let's look at the game from both perspectives. Now, the, the key matchup you want to watch for the Pittsburgh Steelers is, well, James Conner against the Browns defense. The Browns defense is much improved over the last season. They've added, they added a couple key pieces on the defensive side of the ball, including first, uh, including uh, for uh, first round pick on defense, and can Connor actually get to that second level? Now, James Connor can get the 85 90 yards in the ground, catch a couple passes, hey, to go say Le'Veon Bell, who because we all know the Pittsburgh side of things offensively, they have Antonio Brown, Juju Smith McCooster, and all those weapons in the passing game. I mean, they're going, they're going to be able to throw a ball down the field, and Roethlisberger knows how to get the ball to receivers, but it all depends on what James Connor can do. Uh, in the backfield running the football. If Connor can, I would say the magic number for Connor, if he gets that 90 yard mark on the ground, Pittsburgh's going to have an easy day. If he doesn't get to 90 yards, I don't think Pittsburgh will have the easiest of days because the Browns are really actually a better team than the 0-16 team that we saw last season looks. You know, they, they added Tyrod Taylor quarterback, they added Jarvis Landry, Josh Gordon is ready to go. They have weapons. I like Carlos Hyde in the preseason he had. Duke Johnson is one of the best, one of the better pass-catching running backs in the NFL. And David Njoku is, is a sleeper tight end to have a huge year on the fantasy side of things at tight end. The Browns are very much improved. And listen, they're trying to win this first game. And Tyrod Taylor, remember, was a playoff quarterback last year. You know, and that is a difference. And really, Tyrod Taylor is going to be a starting quarterback until Blake, Baker Mayfield takes over, which I think will be midseason. Um, nothing against Taylor is that, listen, you spend the number overall pick on a quarterback, he has to play soon enough. Pittsburgh's defense is Pittsburgh's defense is a little bit is not as dominant as it once was. We saw in Pittsburgh's last game they actually played that actually counted was a playoff game where they gave up forty plus points to Jacksonville at home and Blake Bortles in that offense. Not to say that the, the Browns are going to score forty points, because remember as much as I love Jarvis Landry, Landry's not a deep ball threat. He's a very good pass catcher and a very good route runner. But Josh Gordon has the ability to potentially sneak up top. Uh, I'll give my predictions in the final segment of the show, but really the matchup to watch is, like I said, James Conner against the defense for the Cleveland Browns. If he can slash and dice those guys on the ground, get some good, some good solid runs early, Roethlisberger will have the ability to play action pass. And also, he has Antonio Brown. Uh, to me, Brown is the most dangerous receiver in football. No offense to Julio Jones or Odell Beckham. He's just that. Or, or uh, my man Hopkins down in Houston, but no offense, but Brown is the best receiver in football. So I'll give my predictions later on let you know who I'm taking this game. Early game, 49ers, Vikings at home. Injury report looks like this. 49ers will not have uh, Eric Magnuson or Dakota Watson, who are both out due to hamstring injuries. Malcolm Smith is, is doubtful with his own hamstring injury as well, too. Vikings, Rock Thomas is out along with Avante Collins. Pat Effesine were all out due to injuries. Uh, Collins had the elbow. Effesine has the ankle and the shoulder injury. Guys on the doubtful side of things, you look at Mackenzie Alexander. And Xavier Rhodes is questionable due to a hamstring. Listen, the 49ers got the worst news of the week last week when Jared McKinnon, former Viking, 
uh, blew it towards ACL out for the entire season, and it kind of hurts the running game as well, too, completely, because Matt Breida and Alfred Morris are now the two guys back there. Breida had his moments last year, but obviously, by giving Jared McKinnon all the money, we're not completely sold to him, and Alfred Morris is just Alfred Morris, a guy you don't want to have a big set of numbers, but he... He can produce when needed. Um, he had a couple decent seasons in, in, in uh, Dallas behind that Cowboys offense line, but he was really known for the first couple years he had in Washington. I'm not expecting much out of Morris, but we, you, know, you never know what could possibly happen. The good news is for the 49ers is that Pierre Garçon and company wide receiver have Jimmy Garofalo for the entire season behind the quarterbacking at the quarterback helm. Garofalo has more pressure on any any quarterback in the NFL, not named Matt Ryan right now, and I'll get to Ryan in a second, later on as well too. Garofalo has a lot of pressure on him. I mean, the kids five who came was five and no as a starter with the 49ers last year sparked the 49ers to what was a great finish last year on the offense side of the ball. And like I said, Garofalo has the entire Bay Area on his shoulders because he has a big contract and he has the hype of being the next big quarterback prospect for the 49ers. Now, these defense side of the ball, the 49ers will be without Rubens Foster, who is suspended. And like I said, the two the two linebackers who are also out as well, too. So the linebacking core is a little bit soft. Um, a little bit suspect behind going against the Minnesota team that has a very good offensive line and also Davin Cook and Latavius Murray running the ball out of the backfield. Now, the defensive side of things, like I said, without Ruben Foster being suspended, they're going to have to look at guys like Fred Warner and Brock Cole, who... You know they're gonna have to they're gonna have to step up, and have huge games, and at the linebacking core, especially making tackles and not letting Davin Cook get to that third level or even make those big gains that he that he made at Florida State. And Latavius Murray was a solid running back as well too. Now, on the Vikings side of things, on the offense side of the ball, the Vikings added Kirk Cousins, which was the huge the biggest addition of anybody in the NFL. To me, if the Vikings would have had Kirk Cousins last year, they might have had the Super Bowl run. Because nothing against Case Keenum, but Kirk Cousins is a different quarterback. Yes, Keenum's a game manager, but Cousins can get the ball down the field. And we have two guys who can make plays like Adam Thielen and Stephon Diggs on your on your outsides. And you have uh, Kyle Rudolph down the middle. It makes things easier when your quarterback can get you the ball. But no one has more pressure on them in the NFL, like I said, other than Matt Ryan or Garofalo, actually, I said a couple seconds ago, than Kirk Cousins. Everything Kirk Cousins has is guaranteed of the contract. If Cousins plays like Kirk Cousins normally has, if he goes back, even Cousins had good numbers in Washington last year. If Cousins can get to that 63, 64% completion percentage, throw over 4,000 yards, give the team 25 touchdowns and 10 interceptions, the Vikings can be right back in the Super Bowl. I mentioned that on the NFC podcast that I recorded earlier on in the week. Now, on the, the defense side of things for the Vikings, listen, Minnesota is one of the best defenses of football. Hands down. All three layers are just solid, and they and they don't don't mind giving up points. Everson Griffin coming off the wings. Uh, Harrison Smith and Xavier Rhodes, when Rhodes is going to play, are, are in the secondary, and they just they just make plays. The linebackers are solid. The Vikings are, are, or Mike Zimmer are a very, very well-coached team. Don't make me don't make too many mistakes and love shutting down offenses. Uh, they have a very big task to take on Garofalo in this offense, but the Vikings have a lot of things going for them, and Davin Cook is finally healthy, so we get to see what the kid from Florida State can actually do. Bengals, Colts, and the Andrew Luck return home game. Injury report for the Bengals: Cody Core is out with a back injury, is doubtful with a back injury, and the Colts will not have Denzel Good with a knee injury. Marlon Mack is questionable along with Anthony Cazero. Marlon Mack is a starting running back for the Colts, uh, and Anthony Conzanzo is uh, one of the offensive linemen they have. They're both questionable with hamstring injuries. The good news is for the, the, the Bengals this week that the Bengals will start over, start fresh. Uh, Andy Andy uh, Dalton and A.J. Green is still one of the best combinations in football. We get to see what John Ross can really do. I think Ross is going to be one of the sleeper receivers, so if you're playing fantasy, he's the type of guy that can go over the top. They drafted him in the first round from Washington, a true speedster, 
hopefully get to the outside. Um, kind of in that that uh, I would say Taylor Gabriel role that Atlanta had a couple years ago, Tavon Austin, you know, those short, shorter receivers that can go over the top. I'm not going to say Steve Smith or Deshaun Jackson because he hasn't gotten to that level yet. But they're, they're starting. Joe Mixon is going to be much more effective, much more use in the passing game along with Giovanni Bernard. Offense line is all right, but the Bengals' really major thing is they have to get the ball to A.J. Green, and Green has to step up after having a non-A.J. Green type of year last year. On the defense side of things for the, the Colts, uh, for the Bengals, is the Bengals we have Vontez Burfitt, and you know that's kind of used. They're kind of used to that one. But the Bengals' job on Sunday is to shut down Andrew Luck. Luck is finally finally healthy after missing all last season, you know, with various inj- uh, with which is with a multitude of injuries he's had the last couple of years. But when when Luck is healthy, Luck is one of the best top seven quarterbacks in the NFL. The question is after really having two a couple fill injury-filled seasons, can Luck still do what Andrew Luck does best? Now on the offensive side of the ball, they don't have Frank. Don't have Frank Gore any longer, and T.Y. Hilton has to spread has to spread himself as the top target. Um, Dante Moncrief is now down in Jacksonville, and Marlon Mack is going to have to be the starting running back. If not, Wilkins will get a lot of a lot of the touches. Jordan Wilkins will get a lot of touches in the backfield for the Colts. Uh, this game could be a shootout. It could also be a snooze fest as well too. So, I. Uh, this is just the game that Colts fans have been waiting for because they finally got their quarterback back. So if you're looking to watch anything in this game, it is Andrew Luck just trying to carve through the Bengals' defense. Bills, Ravens, uh, in, a, uh, in Baltimore, Ravens are a huge, huge favorite in this game. The Bills are starting Nate Peterman uh, at quarterback. That's all I'm going to say about that. Uh, injury report, Ray McLeod's out. Receiver Ray McLeod's out for the Bills. And Julius Stafford has an... Um, is questionable with a nose injury. Hayden Hurst is out along with um, Willie Henry or have all been declared out. Kenny Young and Marcus Kennedy are questionable. Line, Young, the linebacker, can't see the corner. Listen, and really, like I said, the Bills are starting Nathan Peterman quarterback. That means LaShawn McCoy is going to have to have a humongous work day against the Ravens defense that is still the Ravens defense. They're going to have to use McCoy in different areas uh, to just get touches in his hand. I'm not sure if Pierre can get the ball in the hands of guys like Kelvin Benjamin and Zay Jones at the outside part of the wide receiver. It's going to be a long day for Buffalo fans. And not starting Josh Allen could be a could be detriment to the young, kids, uh, young kid going forward because... It's obvious that you drafted Allen to be the best, to be the quarterback of the future. They trade AJ McCarron to the Raiders right before, uh, right before the final set of cuts, and to give the job to Peterman, who really was awful when he was in last season, is is kind of one of those things where you look at yourself, you look at the Bills, like what are you doing? Like I said, but the good news for the Bills is defensively they're not too bad on the defense side of the ball, and really they're going completely healthy. Like I said, the only guy who's really out, out on the 53 man roster is McLeod. The Bills defense should have some success on the, you know, should have some kind of success against the against the Ravens offense. But I love Alex Collins' game. The Bills defense, is, like I said, is solid. They're not exactly elite. They're not exactly the worst defensively. But Alex Collins can make a lot of damage running the football. And then guess what? The Ravens have receivers. Michael Crabtree comes over from the 49ers, and he's now going to take over the number one slot at receiver. I expect Crabtree to get some separation on the outside. I think Michael Crabtree can go back to the days where he was a number one receiver. I think Crabtree could even catch close to 1,000 yards receiving this year, especially with Flacco getting him the ball. Like I said, I love Collins. The defense is going to make plays. They always do. There's never been a letdown with the Ravens defense. So just let you know, that's kind of where I'm heading in this game. Giants, Jaguars in New York. 
Good news for Jaguar fans. Nothing's nothing major in the injury report as of Saturday morning. And the Giants will be without Olivier Vernon at, line, at uh, linebacker and Tay Davis are both missing from the linebacker core for the Jaguars. Jacksonville t- comes into the season, you know, with high hopes. They were literally one series away potentially from making the Super Bowl. Uh, ran out of gas in the fourth quarter against New England last year in the AFC Championship game. Returned 10 of 11 starters on defense and also have... Uh, even though they had some change at the receiving core uh, with no Allen Robinson, no Allen Hearns, uh, and a lot of the receiving targets are gone. They returned D.D. Westbrook as well as Keenan Cole. Got, uh, check on the website, talk about how uh, dangerous Cole could be. Also signed Dante Moncrief from the Indianapolis Colts to play wide receiver. Austin Safiri Jenkins came over from Tampa uh, to help out the tight end position with Mercedes Lewis moving on to Green Bay. But really, the Jaguars is really about their defense and being able to st- uh, shut teams down which is fun because the New York Giants love to score points and the Giants are finally healthy in offense. The Giants on the offense side of things get Eli Manning back at quarterback for a complete season. Yes, a complete season, yes, because even though he did miss one game, that one game was detrimental because of the consecutive game starting streak. He has Odell Beckham healthy, uh, Sterling Shepard, a much improved offensive line over last year because the offensive line was terrible. I'm not saying they're elite, but they're a lot better than they were last year. And they have Saquon Barkley, a guy they're going to try to get in plenty of space. Now, the real thing for, for the Giants is that where they're going to be able to do with Odell Beckham and putting him on the field, I see that uh, offensive coordinator, I see Pat Sherman moving Beckham in so many different positions to keep him away from Jalen Ramsey or keep Jalen Ramsey off his case all the time. I, you can see some slant routes. Not too many go routes. I think you see some quick, some quick outs and quick ends to get back on the ball and let Beckham have some room and space. Sterling Shepard's a big target. He's going to be being touched by AJ Boye all day long. And really, if DJ Hayden, who came over from the the, the, the Raiders, can do some decent job in the slot, it's going to make it's going to become a long day because the front seven for Jacksonville is going to be able to get pressure on Manning, and really the running game is going to be questionable, but I love the linebackers for Jacksonville. And really, if Blake Bortles doesn't make mistakes against the Giants' defense that is not exactly good at the cornerback position, the Jaguars could be taking this game. But like I said, we'll talk about that later. Bucks, Jaguar, Bucks and Saints uh, in New Orleans, a game where the Buccaneers will not have James Winston due to suspension. They're also without v, uh, Vita Via, a defensive tackle at, with a calf injury. Brett Grimes is also out as well, uh, more likely going to be out with the groin. Devontae Harris on the other corner has a hamstring injury. Donovan Smith is questionable with a knee. Uh, Saints side of things, uh, Jared Bush, Bushrod is out. And Andreas Pete, uh, offense lineman, is questionable. Yes, the, yes, the Saints are missing two offensive, potentially two offensive linemen, but this is New Orleans Saints and one of the best offenses in the NFL, led by Drew Brees uh, at the quarterbacking helm. Now, the Saints will not have Mark Ingram, who is suspended. So if you have him in fantasy football, remember he will not be back until October with the four-game suspension. That means Alvin Kamara, who's had two big games last year against the Viking, against the Buccaneers, and their two meetings last year, should be able to carve through the Buccaneers' defense. The Buccaneers suspect at corner, uh, Vernon Hargraves, uh, will be starting at one side with Grimes potentially being out on the other side. So whoever the the, the hole is going to be with the Saints, half, uh, so the Buccaneers have to deal with Michael Thomas and one of the best receiving cores in the NFL. I love Traquan Smith in this game. The The Saints defense was much improved. Marcus Lattimore and um, Cameron Jordan were just really were pro bowlers last year. First team, also all pros as well too. And they're going to get a pass rush on. Ryan Fitzpatrick doesn't have much mobility and the and the offense line and, Offense line for Tampa Bay is mediocre at best. This game could turn to a shootout. So if you are playing fantasy football, and I did say Fitzpatrick's sitting target, 
Just remember, if this game gets ugly early, they're going to be throwing. Mike Evans and Deshaun Jackson will have a lot of attempts thrown away because really in this game, I can't foresee the Bucks defense doing much against the Saints offense. I think Breeze and the company might put up 30-plus points this game. This might be the biggest blowout of the entire week. Texans, Patriots, and one of the more interesting games on Sunday afternoon, the return of Deshaun Watson, injury report for the Texans. Uh, Kevon uh, Webster is out with the Achilles. Will Fuller, receivers Ful Will Fuller, Sammy Coates, and Kiki Kouye are all questionable. Um, and Duke uh, uh, Olafer, linebacker, is questionable. For the Patriots, Sonny Michelle, uh, running back along with J uh, Jacob Hollister, Marcus Cannon, and Nate, Eb Nate Ebner are all questionable. Really long story short, this game is going to be the most exciting game of week one, in my opinion. Reason being, Deshaun Watson against Tom Brady. There's nothing but greatness in that matchup. Watson was, was well on his way to be the rookie of the year last year before he hurt, it toward the, uh, hurt himself in the uh, game against the Seahawks. And we saw what Deshaun, Deshaun Watson did in the month of October was just lighting up defenses. Three, four, five touchdown games left and right. Will Fuller going deep. DeAndre Hopkins is still, I mean, was was establishing himself as the best, one of the better receivers in the NFL because he had good quarterback play. Not sure, not really sure what Alfred Blue and um, and Lamar Miller is going to give you against the Patriots defense, but expect a shootout on the Patriots side of things. Tom Brady is the quarterback behind the helm. No Julian Edelman due to the suspension, but watch Chris Hogan. I love Rod Gronkowski in this game. It's going to be a offensive battle. The difference in this game is if the if the Texans can somehow get something out of JJ Watt, who's been injured over the last couple seasons, I mean uh, missed a lot of time last season, and Jamie uh, Clowney coming off the outside as a pass rusher, if they can get the the pass rush going, and they can get to Brady, this might be a little bit interesting, uh, more interesting than they thought. But I love James White as a fantasy running fantasy candidate at the running back position because he's so showed dual threat. I uh, just know that Rex Burkhead could steal some goal line touches and. There could be a sleeper in this game at receiver. Could be Cordero Patterson from the Patriots. Titans, Dolphins in Miami. Uh, uh, opening opening game for the Titans. Titans going to be without Jack Coughlin, Har Harold Landry, uh, and Rashad Evans, and, Rashad, and Kendrick Lewis doing uh, doing different injuries. And the Dolphins are not sure about Devontae uh, Parker, who's been missing, who missed all preseason with a finger injury, who is considered doubtful as of now. Now without. Um, Conklin, who who's out for the game on the offense, the left side of the offensive line, Dennis Kelly's going to have to go against the D. He's going to be starting on the left side, uh, taking care of the Dolphins' pass rushers. Not to mention Derek. Um, uh, so it's going to be a different. So let's start. Let's talk about the Titans on the offensive side of the ball. Yes, Dennis Kelly is going to be starting on the outside, but remember they still have uh, two good running backs and and. Derrick Henry, as well as the signing of Deion Lewis in the backfield. Uh, Henry's going to be got a lot of the, the goal line touches, also the guy in short yardage. And Lewis is going to be very, very effective in the passing game. Corey Davis has to have a big big year in the outside the receiver position. He should have a good, a good opening start against the Dolphins secondary. Now, the guy you want to watch for Marcus Mario on the offensive side of the ball, of course, is Delaney Walker. Walker is you know, one of the more underrated but very, very consistent tight ends in the NFL. Defensively, the Titans... Have a very very solid unit. Wesley Woodard, you know, controls the defensive side. Uh, is, is the captain on the defensive side at the linebacker position. Also, watch rookie uh, Malcolm Butler, who they brought over from New England to be the the, the leading cornerback. And the guy is going to be watching um, Parker or whoever they had that's going to be trying out next that because the, the Dolphins uh, lost Jarvis Landry in the offseason. Speaking of the Dolphins in the offense, Ryan Tannehill returns. 
after missing the entire season last year. Running game is is solid. I love Kenyon Drake in this game. Drake is going to get a lot of carries. Um, like I said, Devontae Parker cannot go with the finger injury. The Dolphins have a multitude of receivers you can throw at them. Kenny Stills, Danny Amendola, Albert, Albert Wilson, uh, Fitzpatrick, or not Fitzpatrick, but Ryan uh, Tannehill should have a lot of passing attempts this game. But like I said, the guy you want to pick, if anything, in fantasy is Kenyon Drake in this game as well, too. Um, Derek Morgan is going to be on the defensive side rushing for the Dolphins. Uh, and he's going to have to get, he's the one that's going to be matched up a lot, especially on the edge against Dennis Kelly. If Morgan can get to the passer uh, and get Mariota, you know, some pressure, it could be a, a more difficult day, but I love the Titans in this game. The Titans have a lot of offense, but remember the Dolphins can score some points, like I said, with Stills, Amendola uh, running through the slot, and Albert Wilson as well, too. So, those are your 1 o'clock games. Take a quick break, and we'll get to the 4 o'clock games as well as the national television games. This is the Pro Parent Sires uh, Podcast. I'm Danny Thompson. We'll be right back after a quick break. We are back on the Pro Players Insiders Podcast. I'm your host, Danny Thompson. Check me out on Twitter at Danny, D-A-N-N-Y, the number three, and Thompson, T-H-O-M-P-S-O-N, on Twitter. And check us out at ProPlayerInsiders.com. Myself and the entire writing team over there getting you prepared for the NFL season, which is already underway, but all the major games start, the major slated games starts on Sunday and Monday night. So we're getting into the late games, including the Chargers and Chiefs. We'll start with that one. Uh, Eric Berry's the uh, the major injury for the Chiefs, who is doubtful with a heel injury, and as we learned of yesterday, Joey Bosa is out with his foot his foot injury. Um, really, there's only two guys in the injury report, but there are two major guys in the injury report. Eric Berry, all pro t- uh, all pro safety, and one of the best in the entire game. Probably won't suit up. Because uh, he hasn't practiced all week with the Chiefs, which leaves a gaping hole in the secondary, at, especially at the safety spot, a guy who makes a lot of plays. And uh, you're looking at Ron Parker probably going to be in that mix as well as Eric Murray. You're going to have to have a lot more run in Eric Berry's position. Joey Bosa being out for the Chargers is going to be huge because Ch- Bosa is their best pass rusher. And this could be a, a lengthy injury because he was in a walking boot as of Friday. He's completely out. Uh, not a chance of playing Sunday. Isaac Rochelle and Chris Landrum should get a lot more opportunities. Uh, both guys had sack and, and, and limited action last year as rookies. But what the real case is that, you know, Joey Bosa is one of those guys that makes a lot of a humongous impact, especially on Melvin, with Melvin, Gord, Melvin Ingram uh, for the Chargers and their pass rush. So, this game is interesting because the Chargers have a very, very good de- defense, and the Chiefs are starting a brand new quarterback. Gone is the gone is the game manager of Alex Smith. Enter the game, Patrick Mahomes. Mahomes is a quarterback that does not have the game managing skills of Alex Smith, but has a cannon for an arm. If you haven't seen how much of a cannon he has, go back and watch the preseason film. I've mentioned this before on the AFC Preview podcast, where he, where Mahomes hit literally Tyreek Hill on a a, a go route. He'll beat three, def- three beat, beat three Falcon defenders, going straight down the middle of the field. It was about seventy yard ball, about 50, 60, 70 yard ball in the air that Hill caught at full speed in stride. Didn't break it. To be so impressive, Tyreek Hill is one of the fastest players in the NFL. Speaking of Hill, Mahomes has plenty of weapons. You have Tyreek Hill. You have Travis Kelsey, who I think is the best tight end in the game. I think he's past Gronk. Kelsey's the best tight end in the game. You have um, you have Hunt. 
you have Kareem Hunt, you have Sammy Watkins. There are guys everywhere for the for the Chiefs. Weapons everywhere. A good offensive line. Mahomes just cannot make mistakes against the Chargers defense. That is known for getting to make mistakes. Derwin James is a guy I love in this game. The Chargers have guys on defense. Jalila Die. They can make plays. They're going to have. They're going to pressure the rookie in his first game. And really, the Chargers can go point for point with the Chiefs. This game is going to be fun to watch. On the Chargers, they brought back, you know, they brought back Antonio Gates because Hunter Henry's out for the entire season. So you always know the dynamic of Gates and Phillip Rivers. They can not practice for two weeks and still have the connection there. Keenan Allen on the outside, Melvin Gordon at running back. Um, There's so many offensive weapons in this game. This could get to be a shootout. I don't see it being a defensive affair. I expect a shootout in San Diego on Sunday. Seahawks, Broncos. You know, this would be like five years ago. We're talking about five, six, seven years ago. We're talking about a nice little AFC West matchup. Now with the Seahawks being the NFC, it's a NFC AFC game. Out for the Seahawks would be DJ Fluker uh, at, uh, with a hamstring injury. KJ Wright uh, also out as well too. Dante Johnson's questionable. And good, good news on the Broncos side of things. There's really nobody big on the injury report. Well, good news is, and I think one of the better stories of the week is Shaquem Griffin's going to start at running back. Uh, with, as a linebacker with KJ Wright being out. Uh, listen, Shaquem Griffin had a phenomenal preseason, and I watched him play at UCF the last couple of years, and Griffin is a tackling machine. He's going to have a huge role for the Seahawks, and listen, he's going to get off. He's one of those guys that has a high, air, high motor, high energy, and gives everything he has in the field, so I expect him to be running around the field. Now, the, the Seahawks have gone through a multitude of changes. Legion of Boom is pretty much gone. Earl Thomas is the only one that has not a legion of boom, especially in the secondary, that's not there any longer. You know, Richard Sherman's now in San Francisco. Uh, and they've just been interchanging parts, you know, even on the defensive line with Michael Bennett now being in Philadelphia. The chart, uh, the Seahawks uh, defense has just been transitioned. Bobby Wagner's one of the few guys that is still left from those days in Seattle when they were uh, winning games uh, defensively. Now, on the, on the offensive side of the ball, the Seahawks still has Russell Wilson. Uh, Jimmy Graham caught 10 touchdowns, is now gone. So, and Paul Richardson, who have very, who have breakout seasons now in Washington. So what does that leave him offensively? Well, Doug Baldwin's always been there, been the key guy that's always been there. Rashad Penny, they drafted in the first round, came in overweight, so Chris Carson's a starter at running back. And listen, they have Russell Wilson, so it's kind of hard to pick against Russell Wilson in any type of game because Russell Wilson can win his game with his arm or win it with his feet at the same time. The Broncos, in the season, upgraded the quarterback position. They added Case Keenum from Minnesota. To, to get the ball to those talented receivers, including Demar- Demarius Thomas and Emmanuel Sanders. Running game is uh, is ran by Royce Freeman, I think a uh, guy that's been taking really mid- mid-level in fantasy drafts. I have I have him in two of my leagues, uh, and he is going to be a stud at running back. I love Royce Freeman in this game. Case Keenum is going to be able to get the ball down the field to those receivers. And like I say, he's going to take some chances that the previous quarterbacks in, Den- in Denver the last couple years have not done. Uh, both offense lines are very solid, so this is going to be a very, very solidly played football game. I'll get our predictions in a little bit. Cowboys and Carolina Panthers, the game that is a lot of guys in injury reports. Uh, Travis Frederick is is out along with Deont- uh, Dante Jones. Xavier Woods all out with injuries. Uh, Chinua Azui and Kayvon Frazier are also questionable with back and shoulder injuries. On the Carolina Panthers side of things, Curtis Samuel is out with an illness. Uh, Daryl Williams, uh, offensive lineman, Amini Salutu, and Chris Manhurts are all questionable. Williams with a knee injury, Salutu with a knee injury as well too, and Manhurts with a foot. Listen, this game is going to be fun to watch. Carolina has Cam Newton 
and, and Dallas has Dak Prescott. So expect to see a lot of running between both the quarterbacks. The only difference is that Carolina is going to be at running back Christian McCaffrey is going to catch a lot of balls out of the backfield and it's going to be moved around completely. While, you know, Ezekiel Elliott in Dallas, it's going to be Ezekiel left, Ezekiel right, Ezekiel up the middle. The only difference is that with this, with Dallas is that not having Travis Frederick, who's an all-pro offensive lineman, especially your center, back there means Caroline should be able to get a rush on him uh, on, on and stack the box against Ezekiel Elliott because Dallas has not so good receivers. Nothing against Terrence Williams, Allen Hearns, and Cole Beasley. None of those guys really are threats to you know to 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 scare you as a Carolina as a Panther defensive coordinator, which is good because Carolina's secondary is not exactly the best in the NFL, not the worst, not exactly the best. But they should be able to pass rush the Cowboys because, like I said, without Travis Frederick being on, on, on the line, especially as the, one of the better offensive linemen and the better centers in the league, Carolina should have a nice pass rush in the game. Luke Keekley should be able to control the center of the field. Thomas Davis on the outside. And Carolina should be able to get some nice some nice pass rushing. But Dallas, remember, you can't count Dallas, especially on Ezekiel Elliott's game. Carolina on the offense side of the ball, we've mentioned Cam, uh, Christian McCaffrey. I love DJ Moore in this game, even though that if you look at the 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 depth chart, Kevin, Devin Funch is the main target. I love DJ Moore in this game. In the slot, Torrey Smith on the outside. This might be the Cam Newton has his best passer, best passing of his best passer numbers of his career. He hasn't even broke sixty percent as a quarterback in the NFL. That's a key, key number. Panthers at home is a very, 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 very tree, especially with the three point point spread. Redskins, Cardinals, Listen, the Redskins will be without Mark, uh, Maurice Harris with a concussion on the receiver side. Uh, Cardinals will be without Marcus Golden, TJ Logan, and Jermaine Gresham uh, all out with the uh, injuries. Robert uh, Medice, defensive uh, defensive tackles also out. And Garrett Pierre is also questionable as well, too. So, actually, all those guys with Logan, uh, Gresham, the DK, and Pierre all questionable with injuries, and Marcus Golden is considered out. Listen, the Redskins are really... Or really a little bit of trouble running game. Adrian Peterson against his former team is going to be an interesting thing to watch because Peterson started last year in Arizona after the whole David Johnson situation. I'm sorry. So he was traded to Arizona after David Johnson got hurt midseason. He's playing against his former team. Redskins are now with a new quarterback with Alex Smith. He has to get the ball to receivers, Jamison Crowder in the receiving core. Jordan Reed's finally healthy to start the season. And Smith's a game manager. It does not make mistakes or make too many of them. You know, unlike Cousins, who was one of those guys that decides, you know, at times to be a gunslinger. The Redskins defense is is mid is midway a suspect and going against a Cardinals offense that has Sam Bradford at the helm. He's throwing Larry Fitzgerald. David Johnson's completely healthy. You gotta have a feeling where this is gonna go. There's a lot of weapons out in Arizona, especially in a game like this. All right, Sunday night. Bears, Packers, of course, NFC North, NFC North showdown. Game has changed over the last week, and I'll tell you why. Uh DeAndre Houston Carson is out for the, uh, the Bears. Daniel uh, Brown is doubtful with shoulder injury. Josh Jones is out for the Packers. Oren Burke and James Crawford are both questionable with injuries. Why is this game interesting? Well, the game became more interesting when the Bears acquired uh, Khalil Mack last week in a trade from the Raiders for two first-round picks. Khalil Mack's the best, one of the best pass rushers in the NFL. Meet the best best quarterback not named Tom Brady in the NFL, Aaron Rodgers. This game is going to be fun to watch to see if what the Packers do on the offensive side of the ball to keep Mac away from Aaron Rodgers. The Packers did lose Jordy Nelson on the offensive side of the ball last season, and they're still without um, Adam Jones running back with the suspension. I expect to see a lot of Ty Montgomery, uh, especially as um, getting out in some flat routes and running the ball. Don't forget they had Devontae Adams. 
Uh, I like Reggie Cobb in this game. And like I said, they added Jimmy Graham and Mercedes Lewis at tight end. Not to, not to leave him without options and weapons on the offensive side. The only real thing Packers fans have to worry about is can the defensive line keep up with the Bears, who have a very much improved pass rush with Khalil Mack. Uh, Roquan Smith is also a linebacker. And the other thing is that the Bears were a very, very good defense last year. You had one of the better pass rushers in the game. It makes them almost an elite defense. But before I do that and talk about how good the Bears' defense is, the Bears' offense is a real suspect question. They added a whole bunch of new receivers last year, coming off things and issues and situations that, you know, kind of out of control. Taylor Gabriel didn't have the best season in Atlanta, had issues getting off the ball, getting was used correctly. Now he's the number two guy. Allen Robinson's coming off a season in the injury. Uh, was also, he was a Pro Bowl two seasons ago on the outside. Now, Mitchell Trubisky has to get these guys the ball because Jordan, Jordan Howard is going to have the back box stacked against him, and Howard's up for a humongous year. I love Tui Cohen in this game, and this game is going to be a show because the Packers' defense isn't all that good as well, too. But I love Clinton Haha Dix because not just in the name, he matches the game as well, too, at the safety position. All right, two games Monday night. Uh, injury reports are not really out for those two games, but um, because this Saturday, we'll get most of those closer to tomorrow. But Jets, Lions... Raiders and Rams are two games on Monday night. Jets-Lions, this is the game to me that has a lot of potential to be a blowout early. Lions have a lot of weapons on offense. uh, Matthew Stafford, uh, Golden Tate. I love uh, Marvin Jones this game. Kenny uh, Galladay. The running game for the Lions has always been suspect, but if they get the ball in short yard situations, just know that Garrett Blunt's going to be running the ball down the Jets' throats. Uh, the Lions' defense, led by Darius Slay, is going to try, is, is going to, try to take advantage of rookie uh, Sam uh, DeArnold's de- debut at the NFL. Jets on the offense side of the ball, they still have Blau Powell at the running back position. DeArnold at quarterback. I love Robbie Anderson. I think Robbie Anderson has a chance to be a stud in this league. As of right now, I, don't, I think his suspension or potential suspension is not going to happen. Uh, if so, the, the Jets are going to have to figure out what they're going to do on the, on, the, on the receiver side of things and who they're going to use in place of Robbie Anderson if somehow something would happen with his case because he did have a couple issues off the field in the offseason. Jets defense is the Jets defense. And like I said, Lions can win this game completely big. Last game last game overview, Rams, Raiders. Game has changed a lot. Raiders lost Khalil Mack last week, like I mentioned a couple minutes ago. Uh, and, the, and we're not sure what kind of identity the Raiders have. What we do know is that David Carr is a quarterback. They have Jordy Nelson, Amani Cooper, who is going to have a bounce-back year, and Marshawn Lynch on offense. Raiders' defense is not as strong as they once were. Like I said, when you lose a guy like Khalil Mack, you know, you, it does take a lot out of your defense. The Rams were a surprise team of last year, and they even got better. They added a Dominican Sue and a Keith Tlaib at corner uh, on defense. They still have Marcus Peters. They have a multitude of talent everywhere. Uh, don't forget this guy named Aaron Donald, who just became uh, the highest-paid defensive player in the league before Mack got his deal. Also playing on the defensive side of the ball for the Rams, who are an NFC, an NFC favorite. Offensively, Jared Goff is the quarterback. Todd Gurley was probably the best running back in football and became a pass catcher last season, which makes it even more dangerous because it's kind of hard to tackle Gurley in the open, uh, at, down your throat all day. Just imagine him now also catching passes. It becomes even more and more of a headache for the Raiders. Uh, Robert Woods on the outside. And crew, no major names at receiver, but Jared Goff, kind of like Tom Brady and Russell Wilson, just gets it done with the receivers that he has. The Rams' offense line is really good, and this game should really, really be an interesting one. And I'll get to predictions next segment. Speaking of the next segment, we'll take a quick break for about a second or so, and then I'll go over each game with my predictions as well, too. We'll see you guys in a few minutes. We'll see you guys in about 45 seconds. 
We are back for the final segment of the Pro Player Insider Show, uh, NFL Show. I'm your host, Danny Thompson. So we went over a little bit of every single game that is going to go on in the NFL this weekend. So let's get to the predictions here in the last segment of the show. Uh, we're going to go over the, like I said, the Falcons and, and and Eagles already played Thursday night. So we won't go ahead and predict that game because the game's already been predicted. So let's go down the list. By the way, we talked about them. Steelers-Browns, I mentioned earlier at the top of the show. Uh, as far as games go, 1 o'clock game in Cleveland. Listen, the Browns are excited. You know, they have won a game since 2016, and I don't think it changes today. This is not be, this will not be the week where the Browns get their first win. Uh, Pittsburgh, even though without Le'Veon Bell, still has James Conner, and you still have Ben Roethlisberger, Antonio Brown, Juju Smith-McClooster, and all those targets out there. Uh, expect a big game for Roethlisberger. I think Brown will catch over 150 yards receiving against that Brown secondary. I love Pittsburgh at home, 28-17 over the Browns. The Browns do get some points at home. I love uh, Jarvis Landry's sneaky guy, especially in PPR leagues, uh, which is points per catch league. Vikings 49ers, this game changed over. It's, this game had a lot of change, especially with Jared McKinnon being out. Not particularly sure about Matt Breida and Alfred Morris in the running game, and Jimmy Garoppolo's going to throw the ball a lot against this Vikings defense that wants you to make mistakes. This game should be a mistake-filled game for Garoppolo and not the start that he wants. Vikings will get to the pass rusher. Davin Cook gets over 100 yards. Expect Cousins to probably get close to 275, 280 passing the ball. The 49ers defense is good, but the problem is a lot of short fields because the Vikings are going to make some damage. Cousins should throw for at least two touchdowns, three touchdowns. I love Kyle Rudolph for this game. I'm taking 49ers. I'm taking a Vikings big in this game, 34-17 on the 49ers. Uh, we are looking at Bengals, Colts, possibly be the snooze game of the week. Andrew Luck is back against Andy Dalton. This has been a couple years ago. This was a great quarterback matchup. Now we're just not so sure. Colts will be missing their run. I said, with Marlon back, not 100% running back. I said, Jordan Wilkins should get a lot of touches. I love TJ, TJ, T.Y. Hilton over the top. And if they can somehow find Jack Doyle in between the red zone targets, I love Jack Doyle when you get inside the red zone. Bengals have a good team. Joe Mixon should have a lot of catches, a lot of touches of the ball. A.J. Green's A.J. Green. But I like the Colts at home. And a snooze fest, I, still, I think 13 to 10 sounds about right because even though both teams have offensive weapon, weapons, not sure how the timing of, of all this is going to work. I like the Colts by 3, 13 to 10. Bills, Ravens, listen, this game would be different if Josh Allen is a quarterback, but it's not. Nathan Peterman is a quarterback. I don't know if the Bills even get 10 points this game. Ravens will be going down the Bills' throats all day long with Alex Collins. I, I see Michael Crabtree getting over the top on a couple of occasions. And don't forget, the Ravens are at home. The Bills can't score. I love the Ravens in this game, 20-3. I don't think the Bills even get more than three points because what happens is when you have to, when, you, when Deshaun McCoy is going against a Ravens defense that's going to be stacking the box, 8-9, watching screens. I'm not sure if Peterman can get to the ball in the hands of Zay Jones and, and, and Kelvin Benjamin receiver. This game should be ugly early, 20-3. I have the Ravens winning that game defensively. Jaguars, Giants, listen, Blake Bortles learned last season, especially if you watch a lot of Jaguar games. If Bortles has a good start, the Jaguars know we have a good start. I think Bortles gets off to a hot early start. I don't think Bortles reverts back to the Blake Bortles we saw last year. Giants are going to take chances down the field. Listen, you have Odell Beckham and Sterling Shepard. You're going to do as much as you can to get those two guys the ball in their hands. Jacksonville's defense is going to be really tested, and I think this might be the best matchup Jalen Ramsey has all year at the cornerback position. Uh, they're going to move uh, Odell Beckham around the field a lot. I love the Jaguars. In New York, especially with the defensive effort, but I don't think it's going to be as bad as people make it out to be. I like the Jaguars 24-20. Watch when Leonard Fournette should get over 120 yards rushing and two touchdowns in the game for the Jaguars. We're looking at 
giant. Uh, sorry, Bucks Saints. Listen, Vita is a uh, Vita Via is a humongous loss for the Buccaneers, especially on the defense, especially on the defensive pass rush side of the ball, with Brett Grimes and Devontae Harris both being really injury uh, is considered questionable. I don't think Grimes is even going to play in this game. Drew Brees is going to have a field day with the, the Bucks secondary, and Jameis Winston is not there to, to be able to avoid the rush of the Saints. So Brian Fitzpatrick is a sit and target. Fitzpatrick's a guy, like I said, you play a, a fantasy football game, especially the DFS games, because of the fact that the Bucks will be down early and a lot, and they're going to be throwing a ton. Saints score almost 40 points in this game. I love the Saints 38-24 to 24 in this game. And the only reason why the Bucks get 24 is because they'll get a lot of points in the second half because they'll be throwing the football. Breeze might not hit 300 yards, but I think Breeze will hit a whole bunch of targets, and Alvin Kamara has a huge game. Kamara shot about 170 yards, total, uh, uh, all-purpose yards in this game. Texans Patriots in in Fox in, um, in Foxborough on Sunday. Listen, the Texans can score points with the best of them, but we're not sure, especially if we'll, especially with a lot of, of the targets and receivers that are questionable with injuries. If Will Fuller can give 100%, this game should be a lot closer. Patriots have a lot of guys out on offense. Like I said with Julian Edelman, a lot of I say a lot. I mean Julian Edelman. Edelman's a huge part of that offense, especially in the receiving side of the ball. But Tom Brady's Tom Brady, and I love to see this game, James White. White might have a, a, almost a 200-yard day if they give him enough touches, especially in the passing game. Love the Patriots. Love Brady. Give me the Patriots, especially. Um, we're not with a lot of questions with the Texans. Not to say Texans won't be a bad team, just not this week. Patriots 31-24 for the Texans. Watson does throw for 300 yards in the game. Titans, Dolphins. <sighs> Titans should win this game pretty easily. A lot of the times, um, the Dolphins are not as I don't think the Dolphins will be as good as some people make them out to be. I don't have them as high, highly rated as a lot of people do. Love the fact that Texans can run two different running backs. Deion Lewis would be a nice little addition to the passing, the passing game, especially you know, on early down, especially passing situations. Derrick Henry will have a lot, of, a lot of touches at the goal line. Uh, Mariota doesn't make mistakes. Titans win the game 24-17 against the Dolphins. Uh, and Ryan Tannehill's return back. Chargers, uh, and, 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 I'm sorry, Chargers, Chiefs late on Sunday. Uh, I think probably, probably one of the better four, better games all the way around. The game has so many weapons. I said so many good offensive players in this game, and both defenses are really, really good, even though they're missing two star players on both sides. It's going to come down to Pat Mahomes getting the ball down the field. I love Mahomes' arm. I think Mahomes will make enough plays with his arm. He's pretty mobile, too. He makes enough plays. I like the Chiefs 27-20 over the Chargers. Listen, Joey Bosa being out does affect the pass rush, especially when you're a first-time quarterback as well, too. Expect Mahomes to hit, a couple, to hit at least one deep ball to either... Uh, Tariq Hill or Sammy Watkins before the game is over. Seahawks, Broncos. <clears throat> like I said, the Seahawks are going through a transition. We're not sure if the Seahawks are the same team. Broncos have Case Keenum. Broncos have a nice little receiving core. I like the Broncos at home in the Mile High area. 27-17 over the Seahawks. This could be a start of a Seahawks slide this season. Cowboys, Panthers. This is the perfect way for the Panthers to start the season. Cowboys are missing Travis Frederick. Like I said, all pro, all pro center. Means pass rush all day long. Julius Peppers and company on their front on their front four is going to make plays. Uh, and I think I see Dak Prescott getting sacked a pretty much a ton. Uh, the only, only way Dallas wins if Elliott gets 150 yards. I think Elliott hits over 100 but doesn't hit 150. Cowboys receivers aren't good. Panthers win at home. I like Carolina in this game. 28 to 17 over the Cowboys. Redskins, Cardinals, listen, Redskins fans, this is going to be a start of a bad season. You're open with The season kind of went really south when Darius Geis, your first-round pick, went down the first week of preseason. 
Cardinals, even though they have Sam Bradford quarterback, still have Larry Fitzgerald. David Johnson is completely healthy. I like the Cardinals at home, even though they're one point favorite. I think that they, they do more than just the one. And Patrick Peterson might have a punt return for a touchdown. They can put it back there. Like the Cardinals in the game on like the Cardinals 27, 27 10 over Redskins. Not sure how the Redskins are going to score points, and Adrian Peterson is not the same Adrian Peterson. Sunday night Bears Packers. Packers are seven and a half point favorite. I don't like the seven and a half points, but I do like the Packers win this game. There's so many offensive weapons for the Packers. Like I mentioned before, Devontae Adams, Reggie Cobb, the two tight ends of Graham and Mercedes Lewis, Ty Montgomery coming on the backfield, Aaron Rodgers, your quarterback, enough said. Bears are still getting used to things. They say Khalil Mack has only been in camp for about a week. This is to be the reason this is the best time for the Packers to play the Bears. Bears are still trying to figure things out defensively, how to use Mack, uh, Roquan Smith, but don't 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 sweat it. If the, when they meet again and the Bears have a little bit more time, especially with, with Mac, they'll figure it out. I like the I like the Packers in a shootout. You know, I did say a shootout this week because of the fact of the Bears are still getting used to things on defense. I like a 38-34 Packers game because Mitch Trubisky is going to have some, some time to throw. They have plenty of chance to throw in this game. No blowout there. Lions, Lions Jets, Jets, Lions are six and a half point favorites over the Jets on the early game on Monday night. This game's going to get ugly. Not sure how much the Jets can do defensively, just like just like I question their offense. Matthew, what I don't question is Matthew Stafford getting the ball to the receivers. If Matt Stafford does not play turnover Matt Stafford, this game should be ugly early. 31-10, Jets getting blown out by the, the, the Lions. Raiders are a four-point favorite, four-point underdog against the Rams. The Rams have one of the better offensive defensive combinations in the league. Rams have a top-five defense, and the offense scores a lot of points behind Jared Goff. Raiders are in transition. I don't want to say turmoil, but they're in a huge transition. The season hasn't even started yet. Love the Rams. 31-20 over the Raiders. So, those are our predictions. And like I said, we have them on record now. So, next week we'll be in week two. We'll have a special guest doing picks with us next week. And we'll be doing this every single week here on uh, Pro Players and Stars Podcast. I'm Danny Thompson, and I will check you guys out next week. my credits count. I'm ready to take classes from a university that will help me build on my experience to prepare me for the future. A university that will make me feel supported, encouraged, and connected. Click this ad or go to online.odu.edu today. Let's say you just bought a house. Bad news is you're one step closer to becoming your parents. You'll proudly mow the lawn. Ask if anybody noticed you mowed the lawn. Tell people to stay off the lawn. Compare it to your neighbor's lawn and complain about having to mow the lawn again. Good news is, it's easy to bundle home and auto through Progressive and save on your car insurance, which, of course, will go right into the lawn. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company affiliates and other insurers. Discount not available in all states or situations.